Well, good morning, church. Today we are launching a new series that we have titled March Madness. For those of you who are not familiar with sports, March Madness is a term that represents the college basketball championship tournament that begins in in about a week, I believe it is, it's going to begin. Uh, There there will be 64 teams from around the country that will be invited to participate in this tournament, and it will end up with somebody being the championship of college basketball. And uh, each week, we're going to focus on an aspect of this tournament or basketball that we believe will help us uh, in our Christian journey because there's something about it that mirrors the Christian journey. And so, uh, and then by the way, we're going to end with the last Sunday of the month. That's the 29th. That's going to be Championship Sunday. And we have a guest speaker lined up for that. And that's the, the Sunday that we are really going to push uh, to minister the gospel, and we're going invi- to ask you to invite somebody for that event. In fact, that's what this is all about. When you were w- walked in, we handed you a Final Four card. If you didn't get one, by the way, we apologize for that. You'd lift up your hands. The ushers will come down the aisles, and they'll make sure that you get one. There's somebody up here in the front. Uh, now, here's what this is. Simply put, you see... You have a bracket. You have two names on each side. We want you to begin to fill in your bracket with four names of someone that you know that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ and you want to invite on the 29th. It could be a family member, a friend, a co-worker, a neighbor, or whatever it might be. Four names, and then you are going to keep this card, and every day, with God's grace helping you, you're going to pray for them. You're going to pray that they will accept your invitation to come. We're going to pray that on that Sunday, they're going to say yes to Jesus Christ. So that's what this is all about. We want everybody to have one. We want you to fill that in, and we're going to believe with you that we're going to see God do something amazing on Championship Sunday. Are you with me so far? Okay, so today... We are going to talk about buying in. That's the title of our message today. We're talking about buying in. That's how we're going to launch our series. And you'll see coming on the screen the definition of that Webster gate to this term buying in. It's the acceptance of and willingness to actively support and participate in something. In other words, when you buy in, you are actively uh, supporting and participating in something. And that, this buying in, we want to look at and uh, see what takes place in college. Uh, for a college program to be successful, uh, it, it needs people to buy in to the program and what they're trying to do, to actively support and participate in what they are trying 
to accomplish. And we're going to talk about all the different aspects of what that means. Uh, and we liken that to us here at Belmont. God has given us the mandate to help people find direction. That's our tagline. Uh, that's what we believe God's calling us here to do, uh, to help people find spiritual direction for their life. We do that in this service. We do that in the Spanish service, which is at 1230. In fact, Pastor Ishmael and his wife, they're here, his family is here this morning with us. Uh, Pastor Ishmael, would you just stand? In case you don't know who he is, that's Pastor Ishmael. He pastors our Spanish uh, service. And so... We believe that's the mandate God has given us, to help people find direction for their life. But we can't accomplish our mission without people buying in. And that's what we're going to talk about, without people supporting and participating. And there are three areas of buying in that I want to focus in on this morning. So number one, let me begin with number one, buying in means being excited. That's number one. Buying in means being excited. Uh, how many of you ever watched the basketball tournament? Let me see your hands. Well, not that many. I'm surprised. Okay. Some of you need to get a life and watch the tournament. <laughs> For those of you who watch it along with us, then you can attest to this fact that there is an excitement that takes place in this tournament. I mean, there, there are constant cheering. Uh, the people are so amped up, and it, it's almost like it, it goes, comes right through the television, the, the energy of the excitement that's in these arenas as these teams play. And I think having played many, many years ago, a generation ago, when I used to play basketball, I'm retired now, <laughs> not by my choice, but I remember when we used to play, and I, I used to play for the housing project that we lived in, and when we played a home game and we had people cheering us on, man, that really excited us as players. That gave us that extra boost of energy because we had the, the supporting cast uh, cheering us on. And I think that's what happens in college basketball. These players, they get extra amped up because of all this excitement that's going on. And I think buying in for all of us means being excited about what God's doing here at Belmont. Thank you. I got one amen for my wife. <laughs> wow. I can see why God put this number one on the list here that we need to work on. Listen to what the Bible says in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13. It says, remember, this is God speaking to his people, the fire, everybody say fire, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Now, obviously, God is talking about the fire that was in the temple on the altar. Uh, it was supposed to be kept burning so that sacrifices could take place morning, noon, and night. Uh, but the mandate from God was that the fire was never supposed to go out. The application to that, because oftentimes the things that you see physically in the Old Testament have spiritual, symbolic meanings for you and I today. 
and that fire represents our passion, our excitement, to use our word for today. Notice, it must never go out. In other words, our excitement, our passion must never go out. We've got to keep burning at all times. Now, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal. Uh, That zeal means simply passion, excitement. Never be lacking in zeal, passion, excitement. Keep your spiritual fervor. Now, that word fervor in the Greek literally means this. It has a a, a dual application. Number one, for the liquid to boil. So in other words, uh, Paul is saying, keep your spirit boiling. The other application is glowing, as in metal that's heated to the point that it begins to glow. And so Paul is saying, keep your spirit glowing, red hot, passionate, on fire. You see, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. In other words, we're to maintain this holy excitement as we serve the Lord. Now, I think that application takes place in just some very practical ways. Number one, we should be excited about coming to church. Again, I think about half of you are still asleep here. I have, uh, sometimes I, I'll, at the end of a service, I'll go up through the back here uh, to my office and I just stay outside of my office because I like to greet some of the parents and kids as they're going by. Uh, and I've often talked with parents and discovered that some of our children are more excited about coming to church than we are. I mean, there's some uh, parents that literally told me, I'm here because my kid just told me, hurry up, we got to get to church. We got to get to church. Because they, they can't miss church. They, they're so excited about coming to God's house. But how about us adults? Come on. Uh, ought we not be excited about coming to church? Yeah, we should be. We should be like our kids. I can't wait to get to church. And when we are here, our worship should be passionate. We should be excited to worship God. I mean, the last thing we we want is people who are singing like, oh, yeah, he loves me. Oh, he loves me. I'm so glad he loves me. Oh, how. I love the old part. I only sing on the old part. I'm teasing a little bit, but have you been in the place where the worship isn't exciting? Where isn't that, it isn't dynamic, where nobody seems to be passionate about worshiping God? I remember the very first time I had been away from God for a while through poor choices that I've made, and we were uh, encouraged to go and attend a church, which is why we need to encourage people to come to church, because you never know what decision they'll make. And somebody encouraged us to attend a specific church called the Brooklyn Tabernacle, and although hesitant, I decided to go. And in that very first service, and during the worship, 
I was blown away by all of the passionate worship that was going on all around me. Uh, people were lifting hands and praising God with all their heart. I mean, to the measure that I literally began to tear up. And here's what I said in my heart. God, I don't love you like these people love you. But I want to get there. You see, the, the atmosphere that I attended that day sparked something inside of me that I want what they have. Our services, whether they're here in the English, the Spanish, whether they're our youth or our children, our, our time together should be passionate so that those who visit uh, for the first time will say, there's something going on, man. These people are for real. I want what they have. I want what they have, you see. So that we should create an atmosphere that's infectious. We should be praying passionately for our final four because these four names are going to stand in the balance of eternity and we want to see them saved. That's why James chapter 5 verse 16 says, the effective, listen, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Our prayer should be passionate. It should be firm. What does that mean by that? It means you need to get to the point where you recognize I'm standing in the gap between that person that doesn't know Jesus Christ and hell, and I am going to pray them through into the kingdom of God. I'm not going to give up praying. I'm going to be consistent and persistent with God. God, I, these are my four names. God, I want to see them come on Sunday and I want to see them say yes to Jesus Christ when the time comes. So God, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to ask you, God, give me the words to say so that when I invite them, they'll, they'll respond and say yes to that. And every single day, pray, God, we're believing you for great things for these four for souls to come into the kingdom. Amen. Passionate praying. And if I can conclude with this on a, an excitement, you need to be excited when you invite them. You know, like, well, we got this thing going on. You probably don't want to come, but do you want to come? <laughs> I mean, you know, I understand if you don't want to come. You got to be, dude, you got to come. I mean, dude, is that the silver word today, guys? I don't know. I'll just keep showing. Yeah. yeah. Brah, brah. I don't know. Whatever you want. We'll get you here. My squad will get you here. We'll do whatever we got to do to get you here. Remember the, in John chapter 4, you find the woman, the Samaritan woman, that she had this encounter with Jesus, and he revealed to her her whole life there. And, and she left Jesus, and the Bible says she went into the town, and she gathered the whole town and said, you got to come and see the man that told me everything I've ever done. I don't think she was passionless when she invited them, because she wound up getting the entire town to come and meet Jesus. So we should be excited. Why? Because we have something exciting for them to experience. So buying in, number one. 
means being excited about, about what God is doing here at our church. Number two is volunteering. Volunteering. Because when you look at a basketball program in college, in order for that program to be successful, it requires people to volunteer. And some are behind the scenes that you don't see, some you do see. When you look at the, the game on television, there's always, each team always has a band, right? And the band is playing, well, those band, that's not paid. Those are all volunteers that are part of the band for college. And they're playing for two hours. They're playing their, and trying to cheer their team on. There are, of course, cheerleaders that come in. There are ball boys. The ball boy, he's the one that puts everything on the racks. He's just Pastor Jason. Uh, he's got a little bit of that uh, OCD. Everything's got to be just right for Pastor Jason. See? So. But that's, there, there's a, a, a young man or girl who volunteers, and it's their job to get, get, make sure all the basketball players get their balls, and when they're done practicing shooting, to put them back on the ball. Right? And you say, well, that's not a lot, but it's a volunteer. There are volunteers that go and give the players towels so that they can wipe off. There are volunteers that give them Gatorade, just squish Gatorade in their mind. I'm looking for a volunteer that would squish some Gatorade. Give me five minutes, give me some Gatorade while I'm preaching here. <laughs> volunteers. They all serve a function. They all are important to the success of the program. And buying in here at Belmont means volunteering. It means actively participating in ministry and what we do here. In the book of Ephesians, in the fourth chapter, in the 16th verse, it says this. He makes the whole body, meaning Jesus, fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. In other words, notice that being involved, buying in, means that you recognize that God brought you here to do your own special work. You may not be a singer. You may not be a guitar player or an instrument player. You may not work with children, whatever. But there, are, there is something here that God brought you to do. There is no one function more important than the other. I am not more important than the ushers. The, 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 the worship team is not more important than the people who work in Christian ed with our children. We are all part of the program that as each one does its own special work, the body grows. The body is strengthened, matures, you see. So I want to encourage you today to buy in in that. I want you to see if you are not currently involved, then I, I, I say this with, with the deepest respect for you and deepest humility, you haven't bought in until you get involved. You'll never feel a part 
of what God is doing here until you are a part of what God's doing here. Until you give yourself over in one capacity or another, discovering what has God purposed and planned for me to do. God brought me here for a purpose. And with all due respect, it's not to sit and just enjoy. We all have our own special work to do. And may I add this, connecting it with being excited. We got to make sure that we don't let the fire go out as we serve. Right? We need to be passionate in serving because the last thing people want is to walk through the doors and we have a greeter saying, yeah. <laughs> I just had some lemon. <laughs> if you can't smile, you, God's not called you to be a greeter. <laughs> Hello, right? Just like if you can't sing, you can't be on the worship team. Don't give me that verse, I'm making a joyful noise. You could do that at home, you see. In other words, there, there, there are certain callings that God has upon our life. But here's the thing. We all have, every ministry, man, you got to serve with excitement. You got to be excited because God chose you for a specific task. I mean, can you imagine uh, the ball boy like, oh, I'm not doing anything. Well, I'm just giving up some balls. Here, you take a ball. Here, you take a ball. You, know. you done? Like, what am I, a slave? Put it back. Put it back yourself. I mean, how many know that ball boy ain't not going to last long? What we're talking about is how we ought to be excited, not just to be in God's house. We should be excited every time. It's my time to work with those children. Oh, I'm so excited. Little Johnny is not going to spit up on me today. I'm so excited. <laughs> Glory to God. Because our people pick up on that energy. Volunteering. Number three. I'm talking about Financially supportive. Buying in means being excited. It means volunteering where we're participating in ministry. And it means financially supportive. Colleges have alumni, those who have graduated and who still now believe in the program and financially donate to the program. That's what buying in means. They're like, hey, I've bought in. I want to support this program because I believe in it. And in order for us here at Belmont to help people find the direction that they need, buying in means that we need people to financially support the ministry with their tithe and their offerings. Listen to Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 15. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on to Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. 
I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So notice now, the Apostle Paul in writing to the Philippians is saying, guys, when I first preached the gospel to to you, one of the things that came out is you began to financially support me. You were the only church to support me. Think about that statement. The only church to support the Apostle Paul and his ministry of preaching the gospel was the church at Philippi. And, and so now, Paul is saying, I, I'm not looking for this, uh, uh, that gift for my benefit. I'm looking for it so that you can receive a reward, so that you can be bought. The, the, the church at, at Philippi, they bought in to the apostle Paul's ministry, and they supplied the needs that he had by financially giving toward that. And because of that, the verse that oftentimes people like to quote is, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's verse 19. But we forget that the reason why God was going to supply their need was because they were giving financially to support the ministry. You see, And so we need to recognize if you desire the blessing of God meeting all your needs, then you need to buy in and honor God by giving the tithes and the offering. Now listen to this because I want to just spend a moment here about tithing. In 1 Corinthians 16, 2, it says this. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. Now, this is the expression in keeping with your income means set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income meant the tithe, 10%. Biblically, the Bible teaches that God had mandated to his people that 10% of their income was to come to the house of the Lord. It's called a tithe. The word tithe means 10%. So if I make $300 a week, $30 comes to the church. And Paul said, put that money aside, and then when you come in, you honor God and you, and you give that in the offering. That's the tithing. I hope and pray that you honor God's word in this regard. This is not about um, obeying me. It's about obeying the word of God. We are all called upon to honor God with our giving, remembering God is the one that got us the job. God is the one to provide for all of our needs, and he asks us to honor him by giving the 10%. Now, offerings is giving that's separate from the tithe. 
In other words, if I make $300 a week and I say, okay, I'm gonna, here's my $30, that's my tithe to the Lord. Now, if I want to give to missions, that's an offering. That's anything over and above the tithe is called an offering. That's, I'm not mandated by God to give that. That's what we call a free will offering. I give that of my own free will. I want to bless, I want to bless missions. I want to be a part of giving to missions. I'm going to I'll pay for a teenager to go to spring breakaway. Make sure you don't use your tithe to do that, by the way. Right? Because sometimes we play games that way. Uh, no, the tithe comes to God's house. Anything over and above that, some people like to give to building projects specifically. These are all different ways that we can bring offerings before the Lord. Buying in means financially supporting us because that's how we are able to do what God's called us to do. As in the end of the month, we're going to be bringing in uh, Dr. Hagen, Scott Hagen. He is the president of North Central Bible School. He's going to be coming in, ministering God's word. Uh, but that takes money to fly him in. But we're doing that because we believe God is directing us to do it, to bring him in and to have him present the gospel in such a way. And your faithful giving of your tithes and your offerings is what enables us to do all the things that God has called us to do here at Belmont to help people find direction for their life. Pastor Jason, would you come please? Worship team. One of the things that we are purposing to do is every month that has five Sundays in it, we're going to target that month and use the fifth Sunday as an evangelistic Sunday where we're going to do something intentional about bringing in somebody and preparing uh, the meeting in such a way so that we can preach the gospel. We need people buying in. We need you buying in. To, to Belma, uh, understanding this is where God has brought me, and so I want to participate. I, I, I agree with what's going on. I want to buy into that by, by actively supporting and participating in that. It's my prayer that if you call Belmont your church home, that that's what you're going to do, to buy in. And if you're visiting from another church, Thank you for coming. I pray that you buy into your church, wherever it might be, to get active in there and to support it so that we can see God reach souls for his honor and glory. Stand with me.